when it's two o'clock on a Wednesday and you hear the trippy music. You know what time it is, Mutiny Radio listener. It is time for some call me Tim. I will never time that right. I try to time it with that weird vroom. And I've been doing this show for three years and I still can't figure it out. Some call me Tim here. First show, the new year. I am joined by soon-to-be famous comedian Anthony Zaccaro. Oh, thank you. Yay! (laughs) Glad glad to be here. Yeah, super awesome to have you here. Um, Some call me Tim, the show where we talk about God and stuff. Uh, Did you watch The Holy Grail as a child? Um, Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen that. I enjoyed it. Was Was it a big part of your cultural upbringing or no? Uh, yeah, my both of my parents uh, raised me uh, Catholic, which is like a, a Christian undergrad or sure, like a Christian yeah. grad school. Yeah, sure, um, sure. And uh, yeah, ca- Catholic is like um, you drink out of Grail, so you have cups. Yeah, you kneel a lot. Yeah, there's ne- symbols. You genuflect, which is genuflect. The, the which is the very weird. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different like position switching in in a Catholic Church. Ironically, not in any other area of your life if you're part of the Catholic Church. Stand, uh, sit, kneel, 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 kneel. Yeah, yeah, and then you have the people that um, are they get like. Uh, Solidified in the in the position, they they think, oh, if I kneel longer, once everyone sits down, when it's my, your time, I'm kneeling still. Like, look how devoted I am. Ooh. And then there's like these little tiny comp- silent competitions that go through. I remember. Really? Yeah. And then there was a there was a guy that would stand for most of the service just because he was like you know that respectful. Um, is it is it a martyrdom thing? Is it a connecting more deeply with Christ's sacrifice kind of thing? If it's a martyrdom thing, that's really sad because martyrs gave their lives and you're just standing for an hour and a half. Like there's no, I don't. It's an American weird. martyrdom. We're not, yeah. we're, not yeah. into, we're not into giving up much. It's like Occupy Wall Street of martyrdom. Yeah. yeah. Um, but was it a big part of your upbringing or? Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Well, yeah. look deep into the eyes of sparkle Jesus. Do you, do you believe in Jesus? Um, I, uh, I believe Jesus was a person. He probably did not look like that or <laughs> any, anything close to Jim Caviezel. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, there's no way he was born where he was born, uh, and looked like that. He, he sure. would need, uh, yeah, SPF a hundred. Yeah. And he has rosy he, cheeks there. They're very sexy, rosy cheeks. Yeah. He's like, he's like a live TV ready. In yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. He's got the, the rouge and yeah. And everything. Yeah. Um, Green but eyes. yeah, he probably was a guy. Um, don't yeah, don't think he looked anything like that. Um, he, he was. Prob- was he the son of God? Probably, probably not. Probably not. Um, does God exist? That's that's quite the that's quite the. Um, I. I don't think so. I think it would be very easy for him to let us know that mm. he he does because like that's that's what was my weird thing with like prophets and people that have claimed to talk to God is that he always he always goes to them in private. It's always a secret. Like you're the Messiah. Don't tell anybody. You sure. know, just I even though he could just you know hit reply all um, and talk to all of us. That's true. I, uh, well, now I've seen God. Okay, I've talked to God. I was also on acid at the time. 
Yes, yes. But I, yeah, yeah. when I was inside a, a large disco ball, uh, the the stars at night had turned into uh, an a normal, an enormous disco ball that I was inside of. Mm-hmm. And then God came and talked to me, and said, uh, "Chill the fuck out. Like you can mm-hmm. totally calm down a lot. Your extra stress that you put on yourself, nobody's paying attention." Like, I'm not even paying attention. He, like, high-fived me. He's like, it's cool, girl. Like, everything's cool. Like, don't worry about it. And I was like, dude, yeah! You know, because I was in San Diego at the time, and I was, like, 19. And it was it was great. So I had a personal experience with God, and he was like a man, and he was in flowing robes, and he did come down and high-five me, like, sort of like cool Jesus, like, like Buddy Christ, like, it was kind of like that, except he had gray, white, long white hair. Oh, yeah, he's oldest. He's old as hell. Yeah. Excuse me. But no wrinkles. No wrinkles. Oh, yeah. No, he came down, he was like a majestic, like, I don't want to say Charlton Heston-esque, but like, he had flowing hair and robes and he came down and he was like it's cool chill out so it could have been a guy from the beach that I just like or, misinterpreted because I was on so much acid for the first time could have been Matt Gubzer as well yeah I was gonna I was on a roast battle with him um, and but he he didn't end up showing up and so I have now I just in my phone I have like 10 Matt Gubzer <laughs> jokes um, <laughs> But yeah, and that's how it, that's how it works too, because like uh, with all the uh, yeah, um, um, oh to connect that back to religion roasting, uh, burning at the stake. There we go. Now we're back. Ooh, sweet. Yeah. Now we're back. You're a witch. Yeah, yeah. Um, You're so clever though. You are the best. You hosted Happy Hour a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I was just tickled at how you every single person you had a great. You're just so quick. Like, you're so quick. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, even the people that weren't there um, that are now banned. <laughs> yeah, because you Because you pre-signed. But yeah. Uh, oh, no, it's just my favorite. Uh, it's just my favorite thing. Um, it's something that... Uh, it's something that I've done with my friends, like all the time. Where did it come from? Why are you so good at making fun of people? But in a way that doesn't make them feel like shit. Like, where did you learn this like this charming skill well it's just uh when when i was in went from middle school to high school um i i went to i was i went to a middle school where nobody from my middle school went to the high school oh, me too. very very few except for my brother and maybe one other friend um and it was a bigger high school than uh, i went to a very small catholic middle school mm. um that had like just opened so we had like a new principal every year it was kind of yeah. like the defense against the dark arts teacher you know just kind of sure. dies out every year um but yeah and then uh then when i got into high school i just said every joke that popped into my head whether it was an insult or any kind of joke um and so for what reason though to get attention or because it was such a big school you wanted to do like you want to differentiate yourself because that's how i thought i made that's how i thought you made friends it was by being funny yeah yeah and so but that's, where did that come from why did you feel the need to be funny and why did you rely on that even at such a young age you're 14 you're just out of junior high because i uh i definitely like got a 
a very interesting genetic roll of the dice around middle school because I was kind of I was kind of overweight. I had bad skin and I was on Accutane at the time, All right? Yeah, which uh, is the 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 drug that uh, if girls get pregnant on it, on they, the back of every pill, yeah. it has a no babies. It's yeah. so great. My roommate was on it and I used to save them because I was like, I want this for an art project. And you peel off the little thingy and it's it's a little round nubbin and it's a no pregnant with the, a dicker. The so, most warnings you will ever see on anything so were for great. that. Yeah. The, the little anti-pregnancy with the little red thing and the slash. I used to just laugh and laugh. You had to peel those off every day. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And then also the the, the really messed up thing was that um, it, it was in like... Uh, um, the side effects were just as bad as having acne. Like wow. it got rid of the acne, but uh, my my lips were just like two ashtrays. Like they were just oh. so so dry. It made my joints hurt. Like all this stuff. Um, and then I also had uh, my current hair, but smaller and like tighter curls. Oh, so I had okay. uh, yeah. And then what movie came out? Super bad. Oh so, wow. Super bad. And caused, you were a little portly, so they were calling you. They, ca- they were calling me Jonah Hill. Jonah and, Hill. Yeah. And, and he's very funny, so you became funny. Probably that's how, but mainly, mainly it was me trying to get on the same level as the the people that, um, you know, were cool in sure. in high school, and then that's kind of where I was throughout all of high school. I was just kind of the the popular kids court gesture. Right? Um, wow! Yeah. You were the fool. You were the Shakespearean fool. You were telling them the truth that they couldn't handle from other people. Right. And right. you were, but you were doing because you're like, look at my wacky hair. Yeah, yeah. Like I could. I can make fun of them in a way that no one... I've realized I can make fun of them in ways that not other people could. Right. Um, sure. Like this one football player, very popular football player, was uh, um, making fun of uh, this one kid for acting kind of... Um, you know, let's... Yeah, acting Goofy. gay. Acting gay. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and then... Uh, and I just like looked at him straight in the eyes and I was like, well, there's, there's multiple kinds of gay people. There's the ones that are pretty obvious. Then there's the ones that, you know, play football, work out all the time and make fun of other people for being gay and I just like kept going and describing him and then he kind of he kind of like started to turn his head and I was like oh maybe I'm pushing this thing too far wow. <laughs> but, yeah. but then yeah so that's and then uh, in don't co- take down the king right right and then and definitely in college uh, my friends and I we started doing um, uh, shows at my uh, my friend's house um, and, and these are your first comedy shows uh, were you not- doing stand up or are you just making fun of people in front of other people Oh no! This was uh, yeah. So this was uh, just uh, two years ago. So I was doing okay. stand up for a oh, little okay. bit. Okay. Um, and then uh, we started doing these shows, and uh, during these shows, it was kind of more uh, laid back. So we would roast, and we would like do kind of crowd work because it was just in our house. Yeah. Um, and then um, one year, my friend did a roast for my birthday, and then we've done that uh, at least three or four times since then. So just a lot of practice writing roast jokes, and also recognizing that there's a format to a roast joke, ah. which, which is, uh, you look like this if this happened to them. Right. You know, like, uh, I use a lot of examples with myself. Like, I look like Seth Rogen mugged you and I'm the police sketch. Right. Like, right. right. Paul like that. Giamatti. That's what my boyfriend today remembered. He's like, yeah, Anthony Zuccaro, Paul Giamatti and somebody had a baby. Right. But what's right. the joke? It's like, you actually say that you're 
Paul Giamatti and someone else's love child or something. Right, right, yeah. Um, and I, I have a lot of different... Uh, <laughs> you just switch or, it up. You're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Paul Giamatti and anybody. But, but that's <laughs> the, the beauty of a roast joke is t- saying an insult to someone that the audience hasn't really thought of yet, but then it's kind of like uh, when you're relating, like in regular stand-up, when you're just having a relatable joke where someone goes, oh, I do that. But sure. instead of that, you're trying to predict oh what do, what does the audience think about this person already wow yeah, yeah it's like a chess game you did a really good job of answering my question but going around the around it and then coming back to it so can i give you my thought of why i think you got into comedy in junior high sure. i don't know you sure. very well but i did meet your twin brother Oh, yeah. yeah. Your fraternal that, twin brother. That's true. Who looks really different than you do. Yeah, he's a very was, attractive Was man. he yeah. always blessed with um, the tallness and the model good looks and the... Oh, yeah. Or was oh, yeah. he... So you're on Accutane and he's not... No braces. No braces? No, no glasses either. I also had bad vision since I was like 12. And all right. Then, yeah, so he... Uh, Took all of the good did, genes. Yeah, I know. We're, we're, we're twins, and he just <laughs> he just split it down. Not that you're bad genes, you have great genes. You're awesome. No, no, no. It's, it's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. He just like, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, he, he got uh, just one big recessive, and then he, he got, you know, everything. Um, but yeah, he got, you know, jaw, the natural, uh, like, yeah, bone structure. His hair's even straight. Yeah, his hair's straight. Mine is not. Yeah, and um, yeah, just all the way down the line. He never, he never really had to w- deal with acne. I mean, he had like the natural teenage amount, but yeah, he never. Like every once in a while, he get. But one, he yeah. didn't need, you know, a clinical trial medication for it. You know, <laughs> like I did. Um, and then that was also the messed up thing about like taking Accutane was that it would dry out my skin, and then people were like, you know, it would make uh, you know Lizard come on your jokes. face jokes yeah, and yeah, like, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, I got. I got bullied for that, and then sure. so basically, I um, I'm probably good at roasting out of necessity from getting verbally, you know, yeah, in that way assaulted since from birth. See, I was um, I was always taught that um, it, people, uh, ugly people, get personalities. Well, but I I just was like I don't mean it like that because I feel the same way. I'm like, thank God I have a personality. But when I was in junior high and high school, I was. I was portly and I was made fun of and it was I was never pretty enough and now I look back and I'm like I was a really pretty person like I wasn't an ugly person Mm -hmm. I'm like I can't even believe that I had spent so much time like worrying about my physical appearance when I could have been making fun of other people and being clever but um like I just it's you get you you gain personality through that, like through that mm-hmm. kind of experience of being bullied, and then eventually you become a comedian. I think that's yeah. just what ends up happening. Yeah, no, I, I think there's a very there's a very fine line between like a uh, comedian and like the uh, the old kind of serial killer. Yeah, which is which is that it's it's just it's just the if you if your childhood stopped right before the line of you know very dark. Right. You know, there's sure. like a. There's like a like serial killers like well, like a serial killer grows up and like kills female chefs because his mom beat him with a frying pan. You know, it connects right, sure, back sure, to the sure, childhood. Sure, sure. Yeah. Like the comedian version of that guy, his mom would just verbally abuse him <laughs> from the kitchen or something. Right. But yeah. So the yeah, there's a very there's a very fine line there. I feel like uh, if a comedian just had one more thing happen to them, if they had to, you know, under murder the a rat or yeah. or like chop the head off a bird or like there's. It just right. take one like bloody incident like yeah 
of some kind and then oops you took the turn to serial killer tom segura tom segura has a great line where it's like comedians and serial killers are very similar in the way that if you see another comedian you're like i respect what you do i don't do it the same way but oh game recognizes game yes exactly exactly very true well the audience does the one thing i do believe in with comedy that always i always have to remind myself because i can get down on myself in this comparative competitive thing that can happen right, with yeah. co- comedians and it doesn't have to be that way if you have this mindset that the audience has an infinite ability to laugh mm. and you and I can do it totally differently therefore there is no competition because really we should be collaboratively thinking about the whole night and trying to make the audience laugh in as many ways as possible so as a booker right, right. so as a booker it takes it off this is a person I think who's funny this is a person I think who's funnier it's not that it's in what way are they going to make the audience laugh? And do I want that for this show? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so then as a comedian, it becomes, well, how many different audiences and how can our material so that we don't get seen in just this one way? Like, I only know how to make the audience laugh this way. Or you don't want to get pigeonholed, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think audiences um, think about how, because we're always worried about following someone that killed. Right. Um, but I don't think audiences see that as much as like oh this guy killed and now this this person is not as good but they feel it a little bit but it's not i don't think it's as conscious as we worry about sure uh, but if there's if there's if someone kills the person who's going next i try to make sure that they're not exactly the same for example mm-hmm. i wouldn't put who's another roast person that i'd be like i um, clay does them a lot clay like, i'm thinking like maybe like Charlie Spink. No, you guys are so different. He could do puns all day and it wouldn't matter. Yeah, like let's say that Clay Newman and then you. You guys kind of even look, you look a little yeah, similar. Yeah, that's, that's happened. Yeah. So you've got the kind of hair thing and, yeah. and there's you have kind of a similar energy. I wouldn't do that. I'd mm. switch it up and I'd put like a female there or, you know, I hate prop comics, but I don't know. <laughs> like, but there's, but sometimes the audience is love prop. I mean, and some audiences, maybe they don't like roast jokes. I'm sure that you've been in places where you're like doing your crowd work and you offend someone and oh, they're yeah, pissed yeah. at you or but the good thing is usually if i'm going at an audience member in that way in that roasting way the yeah. audience is also doesn't like them too right. because they've interrupted the show or something right right because uh, so it's a heckle roast that's a great way to get out of heckling isn't it Oh yeah, that's the that's the only way I know how. Right, right. Yeah, that happened at Maggie and McGarry's a little while ago. I I have this joke about how uh, the only the only time white men ever get police attention is if their wife goes missing. That's the that's the most <laughs> true crime shows. Or if they're a serial shows. killer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or uh, yeah, you know, the they took them on the the last life insurance policy cruise or something like that. But yeah. So I have that joke and I say so that you know my girlfriend if she ever gets in a tragic accident I'll have alibis ready because sometimes the girlfriend will get in a tragic accident and then the husband gets blamed still you know. Right. Um, and so I had then that I won't do the whole thing but it leads to me saying I'd be okay if my girlfriend died and then this woman shouts out in the audience she goes uh she, she says i lost my daughter and then yeah and everyone just kind of goes silent i'm like what are you doing here go find her uh, and then uh yeah but she had been yelling out before and she was also for some reason she was filming the open the maggie's open mic on a digital camera 
uh-huh. um, which I which I made fun of her for. I said that's like painting a mural of a trash can. <laughs> it's like why are you filming an open mic on a digital camera? Um, and then she had a she had a fedora and like a cam uh, not a, a cheetah print vest. So I called her Carmen San Jose. I and, know who it is. Uh, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, because she's sort of a comic, but not a comic, but she tries to... She's on Bacon a lot. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I can... Yeah. I, well, I she, she had a rough time that night. Um, and while the crowd... my daughter. While the crowd is dying um, from what, something I said, she kept on saying, like, uh, like uh, she kept on trying to speak, and I was like, you don't want to do this. You, you don't want to do this. And then, yeah. So basically, my... I did... S- like two extra minutes because That's uh, rad. yeah Austin was just like I gotta Rolling. keep this going yeah yeah um, so that was that was the audience was like fuck her which is weird because I've never heard someone say like I lost my daughter and then get like kind of booed and like groan you know like usually that's like a moving sentence <laughs> I made um, someone cry once because I did a my my abortion joke made someone cry and she had to leave she had to leave with wow. spankies in um up in uh katari okay she had to leave the bar her friend they yelled and they were so upset and i was like i've never been so happy i made a person cry and leave with a joke wow wow there you i go. felt so powerful yeah yeah it's good yeah, it's it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. So you're you're Which, a roast there's, master. There's there's another like serial killer thing. It's a good feeling that you made yeah, someone cry made someone and leave. Cry. Yeah, yeah. She was uh, in a dumb outfit too. It was Halloween, and it oh, was like, go. come on. Uh, but my my way that I refute hecklers, I only have one way, and it's always the same. Mm-hmm. I don't get heckled very much because I don't know. I don't know why. I, I think don't. it's I think it's because there's nowhere in in your in your set there's nowhere there for them to really jump in because it's very <laughs> like you're very high energy and then on, and also and very confident as well because I feel like hecklers will jump in on the comedians that kind of have like a, a Ryan Goodcase kind of like it's kind of like a little monotone a little low energy sure. which is fine I mean it works but they they feel like they can yell and overpower that kind of that kind of thing sure um but uh but then why do they want to that's the thing like well yeah what kind of weird attention are you trying to get that you go out to a comedy show and especially if you've paid for it Mm -hmm. if it's in like a real venue or somewhere anywhere you've paid you know you go there knowing comedy's going to be there Mm -hmm. and then you engage and you know what comedy is and then you engage in a conversation with the person on stage it's like you're breaking the rules on purpose what the fuck are you doing like why what do yeah. you what are and you gonna it, get out of this it must be some kind of disconnect from that they yell at their tv screen and oh, so it's the netflix paradox yeah yeah they yell at their tv screen which is the only reason i watch jeopardy is to <laughs> yell at my tv screen but yeah the um and the i've seen it happen when i've been you know hanging out at Cobbs, and a comedian is up there and they're they're starting to do crowd work Cobbs? and uh not really heck like not really heckling per se but i've seen the the netflix thing where someone uh someone will ask someone a question in the front row and then they'll just have this kind of blank stare on their face 
And then he, and then the, I've seen like Corey Holcomb was like, "There's no screen, motherfucker. I'm talking right to you. I can see you." Like, like. And then he went out and he like touched his hand. He was like, "I'm real, motherfucker. Like, I'm real." That's um, funny. And uh, but yeah, there's uh, live live performances. Since we're always looking at screens, there could be something that's happening where live performances they they you have the disconnect of they haven't uh, been trained. Yeah, yeah. Um, they haven't. Been and I. Uh, I wonder, uh, yeah, the the whole heckler thing is the same in the same category of my brain as people that talk during movies and um, that kind of. You're ruining it for everybody else. I just don't under, yeah, I just don't understand. You're ruining it, but people on the bus. There's a lot of times though that people. Okay, here's what I can equate it to. Um, people on the bus that feel the need to be on their phone speaking loudly and even sometimes leaving it on speakerphone. Oh, yeah. So it's on speakerphone, you're on the bus, and you're purposely speaking loudly. Now... You see that a lot with FaceTime as well. People just decide to FaceTime out in the world. The only thing I can think is that they are so disenfranchised and so not listened to in every other corner of their life that the only place that they can feel listened to is when they are on the bus and they force people into listening yeah. to their conversation. Uh, like, that's the only thing I can think of is that nobody ever listens to them. Mm-hmm. And so now they go to this place, may it be the bus, may it, maybe it's an open mic that at a place, an open mic, and they decide to film and heckle. Like, there's some, there's some other place in their life where they're, no one's where their opinions and what they say is not listened to and not important. So I have to take an empathetic view maybe of oh, I see. the yeah. heckler. Like, why would you do that? So whenever I get heckled, I just look at them and I say, can I ask you a question? And they usually say yes. And if it's a man, I ask if they're my dad. And if it's a woman, I ask if they're my mom and whatever they answer. I'm like, why don't you love me? Why did you never love me? You don't, these people, they love me. And you don't, and I kind of like, depending on how they react, I sort of like break down and get really like over the top emotional. And that makes everybody laugh mm-hmm. because they're like, I, cause I'm being so over the top ridiculous with it. Yeah. Or if they say yes, I'm like, then why don't you love me more? Like you never show it. <laughs> so why did you, <laughs> you paid to be here and then I just can't, mm-hmm. but either way I can take it into a track where it works and and it's the only thing I kind of had to come up with it because of the brainwash back in the day and just getting like I was so afraid of getting heckled and when it happened like there was a one time at a place called Club 93 years ago and I, I don't know if Chris Riggins was running this who was running it but I was such a new comedian I was like in my first year and a half and I got up on stage there and it was an open mic but I couldn't remember a single joke. I just mm-hmm. completely blanked out and that never happened to me before. And I couldn't think of anything and I couldn't do crowd work and I couldn't do anything and I stood there and I couldn't think of anything and then I just was like, I'm sorry, I put the mic back. And then I went underneath the bar and I cried. I, I cried. I was like, I can't. I don't know what I'm doing. I, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And people like came under the bar and they're like, it's okay. It has to happen sometime. It's okay. It's good it happened here where it doesn't matter. Like <laughs> in the tenderloin where nobody's here. Right. It's 11:30 at night. None. This doesn't matter. <laughs> but 
like they're there you've got to have it after that i was like i always have to have an out no matter what there's got to be something i can think of i don't know do you do you have any like really traumatic things that happened in your first trial it sounds like you were you've been doing it since you were in junior high not like like open mics but it sounds like you've been the comedian right yeah socially throughout high school for sure yeah um and then um in my first in my first try like starting out i just had jokes that were just way way more offensive than funny and Ah. i and i didn't know all of the stuff i was writing was really about those subjects and i didn't know how to do it yet like i wasn't talented enough to be able to get away with dancing around those topics like you have to do sometimes cheesy dicks what were you talking about i was i was talking about how um when god uh when god made africa he made it the same way that when i accidentally emailed my first draft to my professor instead of the final essay and i had only worked on the intro um because i was and i yeah and i saw basically saying that like like he only worked on South Africa and then the rest he just kind of yeah and so I'm saying that and people are just like Jesus Christ like what <laughs> what kind of shit is this and then um, yeah and I just had like a bunch of a bunch of stuff like that and um, I was also I was uh, I was so nervous that I would just talk so quickly up there I still kind of do that sometimes on accident um, and um, the worst one was when I uh, I brought a girl to an open mic, which is the classic Oof. mistake that I'm sure everyone's made. Do you um, want a date in the future? <laughs> yeah. And, is this the uh, last time you want to see her? Bring her to an open mic. Right, right. Um, and then it was um, it was brainwash, um, and I was number. I think I was number 15 and so which was perfect we went yeah. and we got uh, like something to eat and came back but because it was the brainwash my number 15 turned into like a 32 oh yeah from all these drop-ins sure of course um and no one knew me there so I right. didn't yeah Tony had seen me like twice but yeah uh and so there was all these drop-ins and the, bumped 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 yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, and so that oh, one was oh, one of the worst oh. sets I've ever done because it was just nervous and and, You've uh, been there forever. You took her yeah. to get somewhere else, and now you're there. And, and now I'm, I'm feeling that she wants to leave. Yeah. But it's I'm, not yet. I can, do you want to go? You can go, but I don't really want to yeah. leave for my set. I'm in the purgatory of like I'm within the next five. I right, think. Right, right, right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And um and I'm doing that very uncomfortable thing, which probably is uncomfortable for hosts too, where the the comics will do like the um uh, the list like hover the drive by. Yeah, yeah, kinda, yeah. yeah. Kind of just uh, uh, looking by. Yeah. yeah. Where am I on that list? Oh yeah. Yeah, and then make uh, make eye contact and just kind of just. I'm still here. Still, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Let's get get me up there. Oh, uh, I'll go ask. I always um, I grease the right wheels. I always bring pot food. So oh, if I have to like, if I ever need anything, I just like you know float a little treat on by, and mm-hmm. then all all will work in my favor. That's good. But it's That's bribery. Good. I mean, so you so you what happened in the set? Did you just bombed just well, I horribly? Did that, I did that Africa joke. Oh, but more yeah. of it more of it than I am remembering right now. There was like more to it. Um you call Africa a country. That's always funny. There's a book called <laughs> Or no, yeah, Africa is not a country. It's a good little kids' book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of fun. That would be that would, but that would be a way to bring that joke home, I guess. Like yeah, my ignorance is part of the joke. Right. Whatever. That's the only. Yeah. That's the only way that even remotely is okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, 
that was that was a rough one. There was another rough one around the same time where I brought. Um, I didn't like bring a girl to the open mic. I just happened to see a friend while I was on my way there, yeah. and then, um, and then I realized while she was sitting there that oh shit, I'm in this position again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. here we are. Uh, but this one was you. more improvised. And then I, I got, I, I got up to do my set, and then when I came back, another comedian was sitting next to her and like hitting on her, and did it so badly that I, and I, I know who he is, <laughs> uh, but yeah, did it so badly. That that uh, she just was not like not Receptive available yeah. to talking to people anymore. Yeah, yeah. Time. She was done with comedians after like absolutely uh, probably didn't yeah listen to my set. Horrible people. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. she wasn't listening to your set because that comedian was chatting her up while she was probably trying to listen to your set. Right, right. Yeah, and um, and thanks for that, Zane. Uh, ah, but, that's so funny. <laughs> and we've talked. We've Zane and I have talked about this. This happened He's a long a time cry. ago. Um, but yeah, that, that that nose ring didn't help. Ah. <laughs> Uh, I should ask Zane how he manages to do coke with a nose ring. I don't, that's that, that's a good question. Yeah. Well, I think it's that he has a real job and makes money. It's, it's oh, there you go. Yeah, that's, that's the difference. That's how it works. That's the difference. Yeah. Um, and then there was another an, another awful. I've I had a lot of awful sets in my first two years, but you you really, but you're big now. Like so, for people that don't realize, um, Anthony recently opened up for Jen Kirkman at Cobb's. That's fucking huge like she's a person in LA that has a really large following she's written a couple of novels mm-hmm. she's a real famous person and like that's amazing how did you I mean so, so when you're like you know I, I bummed at these open bikes like do you f- you've sort of propelled you're you're doing it you're yeah you're a stand-up is. comic like this is your it's not your full-time job but kinda Almost get, getting there. Get yeah, there. The, the, that's the that's the 2019 goal is to definitely get further along there. Start because uh, I just too too recently I started going to the punchline every Sunday. But I know I don't go either. Um, I'm so terrible. But yeah, that was mainly yeah uh, that was mainly like uh, school and job related back when I was at SF State. But yeah, yeah. The, um, but yeah, so the yeah it's it's crazy because the I got that um, the Jen Kirkman thing in a weird way because I was working at Cobb's as an usher and then uh-huh. uh, the opener was late and they were about to go on with no opener Oof. and so then I popped my head uh, popped my head in and I was like hey I can um, I can do this and then my boss asked me if I had ten minutes so much that I started to second guess it myself. Oh like, no, you're like I, like I just did fifty, but you you easily have you have thirty. I've seen you do thirty. I've seen you do yeah. I've seen you do huge amounts of time so i mean i know that you, you can do it yeah you know but he's the he, uh, he's great he's the man uh, the general manager at Cobbs. he's he's great but yeah the he was just so he just has to check like, like that. sink or swim boy sink or swim yeah <laughs> yeah and then when i when i got called on like when i went on stage uh my uh, austin yeah um who runs the maggie's mic uh he uh was doing was supposed to turn up the lights uh. and he got so excited for me god bless his heart he got so excited for me that he he didn't turn up the lights by the time I got on there. So my first joke the at the dark? biggest show potentially, or the biggest show so far, is like, "Leave it in the dark. It's better that way. Like, just <laughs> it's better. It's better that way." And then he like frantically, you see him like turn up the lights. They go to like full and then back down a little bit. And I was like, "See, told you." Um, <laughs> That's so funny. And then my other first you joke got was big jokes from big laughs from that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my second joke was clap if I sat you because I had just sat the entire audience oh, as an usher. So funny. Um, and so. 
so yeah so i made it like i got the audience in on the fact w- of what was happening yeah um and then when then this year came around and then i was lucky enough to be able to do it again uh with natasha muse who's amazing she's amazing my, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah so funny um we actually we um in between like uh after her uh, Natasha's set, um, I I got a little too crossfaded with her in the green room, um, and uh, and I re- I forgot that I had to like go back on stage and say like a few things like the ending like this is what's happening at Cobb's next week. Oh, that's so funny. And so I was that was the most focused I've ever been on stage because I was we had been hitting the uh, the va- the vape pen and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, it was great. It was that was fantastic. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, it's um. My goal for 2019 is definitely, definitely do more roasts and go to go try to go to the punchline every Sunday. See what I can do to get up there. I was thinking about making the Sunday thing part of my New Year's resolution. I did it back in the day. I went every week for 52 weeks, and I did get up. And it was I, I shouldn't have done it so early. It was in my second year of comedy, mm-hmm. and I should have waited because now. I mean, I'd be fine. I could get 10 minutes anywhere, even seven. I know time better. Right. I know, yeah. like I ran the light. I didn't know where the light was. It was so, but the thing is like, I did it back in the day of Jeff Samaria and then he passed it off to this other person. So all of my time went out the window and there was a new person oh, and then they finally let yeah. me go up. Yeah. And it was all weird. And then I was like, I had such a negative experience that I was like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. But I've been in comedy for seven and a half years now. So I think that five years have passed. I can go back and be, but I can do, I'm not, I'm not scared any. I mean, not that I was scared, but it's a, it's a big audience. And now I'm like, yeah, whatever I did Arkansas. I don't have, I've done cobs before. And I'm like, I, right. I'm not scared of like, like I'm, it, I it wouldn't, it wouldn't freak me out to have no, like, cause that what happened is they just like walk up to you and go, oh, all right, you're up next. And I was like, oh fuck it sucks because you don't have an opportunity to get the people your friends there or have anybody support mm-hmm. you and you're like this is a big deal but there's no one here to see it ah and then, yeah yeah that's... and so like i and i freaked out anyways i didn't i didn't that's why that. every comedian's cover photo on facebook is them at punchline right i have like, one here's, here's proof that this happened i yeah. have a picture on my facebook of me doing the punchline from years ago mm-hmm. and i just don't even show it because i'm like ugh, i just didn't i was I wish I would have waited even longer because yeah. now I can go up and I'll be like, yeah, good. I, you know, I can start doing it again. And I'm funny right, enough that right. they might want me back. Although Very now true. my reputation precedes me as a terrible person. So maybe not, but you have a sparkly clean, like it's anyone I've ever talked to. Like I've never heard a negative word about you. Like oh, nice. that you're no, that you're funny. That's important that you're like, no one's ever been like, oh, fuck Anthony's car. I've never heard that. Like, you're just a personable, cool guy who also, I've never seen you not have a, I've never seen you at a bad set. I've never seen you and gone like, oh, God. Like, yeah, it, I've been, I've been very either lucky or been able to, you know, um, I've been, that's one of the things I've always tried to do is just at least consistent at like a, a six out of 10 at the lowest, you know, <laughs> like, like right no one remembers you sucking yeah yeah i've seen you do great though i mean and if you've had the opportunity to do great and you do great in it so right uh, yeah yeah, the pressure doesn't affect you that's great you're still funny you're like get it done and also it's yeah it's it's important to be able to um realize like oh this especially during like a 10 or 15 that maybe it's not so going so well in the beginning that oh okay i can i can turn this around but okay. i have to i got to do something yeah um i did 
at the at the gold lounge i i like did terribly for eight minutes and then when he gave me after gold lounge is that uh, the strip club no, that's that, a gold that's club. over on uh, broadway oh in uh, oakland yeah that's okay, the okay, one okay, with okay. Uh, larry dorsey and, oh yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. And um, I did, I was doing 10 minutes. I did eight minutes of just like barely getting anything. And then when he gave me the light, I was like, good. Like, I just like said good. And then that got like a big laugh. And then I was able to coast on that for two minutes. And so that one, that one was like a five. But that doesn't, it's what they remember. That's the thing. It's not how you started. It's how you end. They're not going to remember. What they will remember is that guy was kind of shitty in the beginning. And then, wow, he was funny. But they aren't going to like, they're going to judge you by what you remember, what they remember. And it's usually, you know, it's the end of your set. That's like the last thing that they remember. Yeah, you could. But that's a good thing to learn. You can always bring it back. One thing I learned from Natasha Muse, because you mentioned her. Mm -hmm. I saw her do a set at the Punchline years and years ago. And she opened up with um, her gender non-binary situation. And someone in the audience went, said something they said a sentence like they answered it funny like really they said it in a funny way and then she did 10 minutes saying whatever they said over and over again with different inflections and like repeating it and looking at people and doing stuff but that was it like and I just it blew my mind I was like you had a I think that she knew how to set when she went up there but it, she abandoned her set and went with this crowd work thing and did it for 10 minutes and and it was hilarious That's and I was awesome. like I was just like wow that was the moment where I like ding I was like oh okay now I now I get it when people like have, and she's actually just finished filming something for Showtime or something awesome. And I, it's like, oh, it's yeah. about time for, yeah. for the world to be like, Natasha Muse, you're a badass. Yeah, like, I think she's going to do uh, something with uh, Two Bill Queens. I know she did that in the past, but she said on Facebook it was like something else with Two Bill Queens, which is awesome. She's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe that was something that, because. Uh, um, I watch, I watch, this is the nerdiest thing I get, but I watch a lot of battle rap. Uh, which is like rap battling two two men rhyming about how they're gonna kill each other. Basically, <laughs> that's all it is. Um, but yeah, and so but but a cool thing that one of them does is that he'll he'll have like what he's written before the rhymes and all that stuff. But then he'll freestyle something that also rhymes with uh, what he's written. Mm. So it looks like the whole thing is freestyled. Which as an audience member, you're like, oh my god, he's coming up with all of this. So maybe Natasha had something written that worked well with that crowd work and that's how she was able to carry it carry it on and then as an audience member you're like oh my god this is all improvised right and yeah because the veil has not been lifted right right well and that's the thing too people don't realize that stand-up comedians do all this practice and there's open mics and that even before you decide to do comedy even before i decided to do comedy i used to practice stories and lines at myself in the mirror because i was going to a bar and i was going to meet people or i was going to a party and i was going to try to impress people Mm -hmm. but i don't tell them yeah i practiced all people think i'm witty and fun and cute and that's because i practice my fucking dialogue you know right well i mean even normal people do that in in the way that they tell a story they'll leave out the fact that the nothing happened on the uber over there i don't have to mention anything about the car ride to wherever i'm going i can just you know jump cut to i was at i was at this place yeah so it's story yeah that's like pre witty banter yeah yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, and then uh, that's also the the funny thing about people mentioning that, like, the very religious people mentioning that the New Testament fits in so well with the Old Testament, and it's like, yeah, well, it was written after. Yeah, it's like the second Lord of the Rings just matches up so well with the first Isn't one. Isn't that yeah. funny how they're it's, in the same land like the, and the same things? Yeah, new and new and old, new and old. Yeah, um, I, I don't really think that the New Testament jives at all with the Old Testament because the Old Testament is about a vengeful, jealous God, and the New Testament is about a loving, caring, sacrificial God that wants you to still remember the old mean god that can smite you and strike you down like the, like the Jericho, like the walls of Jericho. God was like a, a dad that stopped drinking in between the new and or the old and new testament. He exactly. was just like I'm sober now but remember? Remember, remember when I used to beat you up? Remember yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah? Remember me raining fire down on your entire thing? Remember remember the plagues, bitch? You remember? Yeah. Come on! Yeah. Killing firstborns. What? What? <laughs> mean, mean God. And then it's like, oh, everybody. Well, and Jesus was a total. Um, it's really interesting because the, the New Test. There's this really great thing that happens in the Book of Acts in the New Testament, and it's where you see um, socialism turn to fascism like really quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's they decide the church is all together. Jesus has gone up to heaven. Everybody has accepted the Holy Spirit's come down. They speak in tongues and they're like, blah, 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 let's go to the world in Jesus Christ. And so they start the church and Peter is there and everybody's there. And they say, everybody has to give everything to the church and then we're going to take care of everybody. And everybody goes, oh, okay, socialism, I love it. It's great, blah, blah, blah. And then this one guy and his wife, oh, they sold a piece of land. But they kept a little money for themselves. They said, oh, this is, we're not going to tell the church about this land. We're not going to do that. So the church calls in the man and says, hey, bro, did you steal that piece of land? Sell that piece of land and not give us the money? And he went, uh, no. And then God struck him down and they carried him out and they buried him. Hmm, was that God? Or was that them? Did, did socialism turn to fascism? Like, boom. But then they follow it up. Uh, husband's dead he's out he's buried in the back whatever they bring in the wife hey wife lady how you doing it's good stuff hey did you guys sell that piece of land you could just tell us you know if you want you could tell us or whatever and she also says no and then they strike her well God struck her down and they carry her out and they bury her in a different place not next to her husband because now you know that bond has no meaning but it's like socialism to fascism so fast and I love that part of the Bible and that's in the New Testament too. And so, yeah. what does that say? Does that say socialism's bad? Or I I don't even know how I don't even know how pastors can interpret the Bible now and and like attune it to our social mores. I just don't even know how it can be used as an instructive piece of literature. That's why the current Pope is just like, I don't know. Dude, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, if atheists can go to heaven, yeah, sure. Condoms, great. Use them. Awesome. Please. Yeah. And then uh, a couple of other things like he said. Um, uh, yeah, he's definitely like the, even though he looks like the um, the evil cult leader from Game of Thrones or whatever, the most recent <laughs> seasons. Um, the, the guy high, in the The high ropes. septum or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah, but the yeah the current pope has gotten a lot of people uh, a lot of people probably angry because he's like yeah, be, gay sure like he's just all very laid back and then the yeah. last guy just quit right was that the guy Wasn't that just there resigned a black guy? 
from Brazil? Wasn't he the Pope for a minute? I thought I don't. I can't keep up with. I can't keep up. I feel with like I would have seen more world. people, more like Christians, be angry at that. <laughs> that, <laughs> like was that a was, black Pope, yeah, yeah. There, there might have been. There might have been more. Yeah, more riots. Yeah, I'm just. I could been. be just making things up. I don't know. Does uh, the Pope? So do you think does the Catholic Church still have? I mean, I guess they have relevance because they have a lot of money. But I mean, do you think that the Pope has sort of still a dominion over this world, or is that? If we is it gone by the not as much as way back, way back in history, yeah. um, for sure. Ooh. It's kind of like the the royal family. The pub was kind of like the English royal family. It's like they they they're, they're yeah. there. Yeah. They have a lot of money. They kind of got their own thing going on. But right. now they're just like fan celebrities that fanboys can be like, oh Prince Harry, oh yeah, yeah. Like I think uh, <laughs> in Italy, like the Vatican is like a cool like place it's got its own swiss guards and everything and right. um but i mean they they have they have spears like I, yeah and um but anyway uh yeah see this is what this is what happens when i when i smoke yeah, I, but yeah. anyway we uh, can go any i mean that's the whole thing about this podcast though we can go in any direction and switch channels whenever you want it doesn't good. matter it doesn't the, the audience knows that it's it, we can go anywhere. We haven't even talked about abortion yet. <laughs> we haven't oh, talked about abortion. There, there you go. No, we don't. We uh, just it's just about. I mean, it's it's like, and we literally we haven't really gotten to the place of like what you believe in now. I mean, you're not Catholic anymore, right? No, no. I I I'm kind of. Uh, uh, I'm I'm atheist, but I that's just the best word that describes it. Hmm. Um, I kind of am just. Uh, you believe in higher powers or a higher power? Not not quite. Um, I I think that uh, growing up Catholic, it gave me a good sense of uh, I like I took the morality from it, uh-huh. which is which is I mean it has a don't lot be of, a serial killer, right? It has a lot of good teachings in that way. It's uh, it's weird that uh, there's no sexual assault in the Ten Commandments. Like that, I think that would be one of the the big ones. Uh, well, is there something no on it? It's don't cheat on your wife or whatever. No, no, it's don't covet each your don't neighbor's goods. Don't cover your oh right, because, like, is, and a wife is your wife part was of the, part of your neighbor's goods. goods. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. you own the women. Uh, sure. I love yeah. I love Bill Burr's joke about that, which is like, uh, um, uh, don't touch my bike. That's my wife. Like, that's, <laughs> that's that's essentially the Ten Commandments. <laughs> right, is, right. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, the, um, the morality of it. Yeah, yeah, the morality of it. Like treat other people how you'd like to be treated. Uh, f- forgiveness. Um, you know, forgiveness within reason. Um, sure. and Except for the eye for the eye, eye for an eye thing. It's like oh, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Except Jesus negated it. Later, he said, oh, "Not an eye, an eye, tooth for tooth, but turn the other cheek." Yeah, so, yeah. Which um, is that, that's that's some that's some bitch shit, right? There. Don't, turn, <laughs> don't don't turn the other cheek. Like that's. Yeah, that that doesn't that doesn't make too much. Well, Jesus also said um, the something like the, uh, the any the guy who doesn't believe in me, I'll turn him into sticks and throw him in the fire or something like that. <laughs> like, yeah, he he was not. Um, 
Oh, and all, my favorite thing about nowadays is all the all the Republicans that are for you know they're they're Christians, they're diehard Christians and all that stuff, yeah. but they love wealth more than anything. Right. They they love they hate the poor people. Right. And outsiders. Yeah. Sure. And it's just how how do you work your minds do the gymnastics around Jesus who hated material possessions and championed the lower classes, the disabled, all that stuff, yeah. and then now you your whole life is around that yet it doesn't it's yeah. amazing so it's the, probably just a show the cognitive dissonance that that we can have well that they're experienced like they're just not even acknowledging right maybe. the the hypocrisy it's of them going hypocrisy. to church every sunday and you know yeah and then and then signing laws that are against poor people exactly the week. yeah yes and stepping there was a my parents are still very very religious and my father likes to send me Emails that are have a super Republican slant or that are, you know, against the rampant liberalism of San Francisco. And he sends me these these articles because he's funny because my father has a sense of humor and he's trying to sort of get me and he thinks it's cute. But one of them was great. It was and I just thought it was so funny because I broke it down. It was basically about how there's shit all over the street in San Francisco and how unbelievable it was. This man came in from Walnut Creek to have a business meeting and there was feces on the street and the rampant poverty and people living on the street. He was so he was so upset and he couldn't understand how the people of San Francisco just let this happen. So he went into McDonald's and he got twenty five dollars of gift certificates and he gave it to people on the street. And I'm sitting I'm like Okay, Dad, it's so funny that you send me this because I know that you're sending it to me because you're making a point about the poop on the street. But what I'm getting out of it is like the entitlement of like asshole people that come in from Walnut Creek and our city isn't our city isn't clean enough. Like you, you're all you, there's as many people live on your block as live in more people live in my apartment building than people that live on your block. Yeah, yeah, and they're and. That's and and the garbage trucks go do 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 down my streets of my you know pretty little thing and my the Me- Mexicans coming in doing my grass but don't do the it's like all that hypocrisy is crazy to me mm-hmm. and that then he writes some article that says I'm a better person because I gave out twenty five dollars of McDonald's gift certificates. <laughs> In a way, that's just going to create more shit on the street because you're giving a bunch of homeless people McDonald's. Crappy food. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And just so funny. And homeless people say some of the most amazing things. Like as like as comedians, they even if we don't use them in our act, they just they I'm sure they make all of us happy when we hear them. Uh, uh, the perspective. I live in the Tenderloin. Do you live you live in Oakland Tenderloin? Where are you? Uh, I live over in Excelsior, oh, okay. over off uh, Geneva and Mission. So you don't have you don't have too many of the questionably housed. I mean there my neighborhood is like We have the same like fifteen. Like oh. yeah like that, that sh- hang around there. There's the I'm God guy, mm. which is perfect to talk about here. But yeah, yeah, perfect. He stands on street corners and he just goes, uh, you're not God, I'm God, over and over. And then uh, I'm inclined to believe him because yeah. uh, I've, I've seen Bruce Almighty. Sure. Yeah, God was homeless in that movie. Um, wasn't wasn't God... Uh, um, is Morgan Freeman though? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But he was, a, he was a homeless... He disguised himself as a homeless guy. Um... Um, what if God was one of us? Um, <laughs> just a homeless man on a bus. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, and then uh, I had another one that uh, 
he asked me for a cigarette and I was like, Oh, sorry. Um, I left mine inside. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then he asked for my jacket. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's quite a step up. And then another one asked me for a cigarette and I was like, uh, Oh, um, sorry. I don't have any, just this one. Um, and he's like, uh, do you want a chihuahua? And I was like, <laughs> Oh, oh. and also he didn't have a chihuahua. So I was, I was wondering how that transaction was going to go down. Um, and then my favorite one was a I I kind of cut a homeless guy off. You know how you kind of like have to, like, you step around. Someone You're doing something sidewalk like politics, yeah. Right, right. And um, uh, and then he he was just like, hey. And I turned around and looked at him, and he's like, you're lucky I'm not real, or else I'd fuck you up. <laughs> and it was just like the the anger and the drugs mixing together for that <laughs> sentence. Like you're lucky I'm just a figment of your imagination, or else like kick your ass, like. That's amazing. Mm. So in my neighborhood, we've got um, one guy, we call him Fuck My Life, because at like three in the morning, he looks at himself in the reflection of a closed, expensive bar on Geary, and he yells, Fuck my life! (laughs) Fuck my life! So he screams and wakes me up. I'm like, oh, fuck my life again. Or he screams, fuck you, but not to random people, to his own reflection. Oh, man. So he screams, fuck you! Fuck you! And he's like, I feel like yelling I feel like that's, at himself. I feel like that's a, a exactly what if cats could talk when they see their reflection in the mirror, and just like fuck you, bitch. Like, yeah, that's damn. That's he's, that's some unpacking that's yeah, kind of going on in there. It's, yeah. um, it's some amazing stuff. But we name the. There was a lady across the street. So I live across the street from Oshatai, and they have this. They're open until three, which is lovely in the morning. But they have this little alcovey thing. And it has glass. It's all glass windows, but they have a little alcovey thing. And this lady was sleeping in a sleeping bag there, and they open at 11 o'clock a.m. So it's like 11.30, and they must have called the police or something because she was still in alcove. People are eating. People are sitting there against the window, and she's still sleeping there. And the police come by, and they honk their horn. And she gets up, and she has no clothes on. She's completely naked underneath this, underneath this sleeping bag. And she's like... It's Saturday. We can sleep. (laughs) And they're like, no. So then she's like walking up and down the street all naked like, I don't understand when I get to sleep. It's Saturday. We get to sleep. And they're like trying to help her get. So they get her back sort of her sleeping bags around her. And she was like screaming. But all the people in like the restaurant all bring their phones out and they're all Mm, videotaping. And like all the people on the street, the French tourists are like, oh, the tourists, you know, we take the photo. (laughs) And it's, I mean, I don't know, San Francisco, can't we like have some compassion and take care of some people? Because, or is it part of our economy? Are people coming here now because they're like, San Francisco, it's a crazy place. Well, the homeless people are nuts and we just go around and take pictures of them and there they are. Oh, it's crazy. We are socialist French people. This would never happen. That must be part, definitely part of it too. Like I've, I've definitely seen some tourists do the, uh, they, they do the game in their heads where they're, they want to look at the crackhead to make sure that they're safe. Oh, uh-huh. But they also don't want to stare too long at the crackhead too, so they get in this weird like mode, like of just kind of you know moving the head back and forth, mm-hmm. and then that's my favorite. You know, with the sweater tied around the neck. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. The uh, pearl set. Oh, this happened to me. This is very funny. I was walking. I walk a lot in the Tenderloin, and I don't have a problem with it. But these two women, we were deep. We were like Eddie and mm-hmm. Hyde. 
pretty deep oh, yeah. in there. Yeah, and that's... these two ladies in sweater sets with pearls come up to me and they're like, hi, is there a, is there like a little cafe around here? We can get a cup of coffee. Is there anything like cute and local? And I'm like, ladies, you're in the tenderloin. Like nothing is cute and local. Here's We're... what you're going to do. You're going <laughs> to get on the Powell cable car. You're going to take a selfie and then you'll be in North beach. And then, there you go. Yeah. You'll... You don't, I don't know how you messed it up. I don't know why you're here. Yeah. I sent them though to, um, Brenda's. Mm-hmm. I was like, get some beignets. I'm sure they have coffee with chicory in it. Their beignets are really good. And, it, you know, and you'll spend 25 bucks on coffee and beignets. Go, 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 go. <laughs> this is where you go. And then when you're done, just walk down to the Civic Center or the, the, the City Hall, whatever you want to see. I don't know why you're here. I don't know why. <laughs> that would have been great if you just sent them to probably just to Mason and Turk or just like further, <laughs> further in. And just, yeah. Oh, I a, sent them out a... to Larkin. I sent them to, I sent them one over. I sent them to Larkin and Eddie. Oh, okay. And I was like, That's Brenda's nice is there. It's a nice place. It's very gentrified it's you're gonna be fine it's next to the kfc just go past that 19 polk stop don't worry about it turn the corner you're fine fine <laughs> don't worry about it at the uh i love that kfc though that kfc oh, yeah. taco bell at that corner it is it is rife with humanity yeah like that amazing feel woods joke which is um uh <laughs> Uh, the living in San Francisco is so expensive that KFC had to get a roommate. <laughs> I don't know that one. That that that's one of those jokes that was like in front of all of us, yeah. but like he he saw it first. Um, uh, but yeah, the uh, that the escape room I work at is in between six uh, and seventh. Okay. Um, and so uh, <laughs> there's a yeah. So there's a there's a lot that's going on in between six and like tenth. Mm-hmm. You know, once you get to tenth, the Twitter market is over there, and then like once you right. get Below fifth, that's kind of the touristy area. Right, that's the Embarcadero. You've got the fifth has got Powell cable car. Yeah, but in between sixth and ninth, that's where a lot of it. And so uh, we've had multiple times the people that have come to our escape room have showed us that the concierge at their hotel, at the Palace Hotel or wherever they stayed, has drawn a red line in a box around sixth, seventh, and eighth. Wow. Don't go here. Right. (laughs) Wow. Which is. Which is crazy because I mean, there's a lot of them there, but it's not that bad. I you mean, know, they don't and there's really... some great shit there. There's that flying falafel oh, that's great. there yeah, that may make their own pita bread, mm-hmm. and that's like between sixth and seventh. Yeah, yeah. And there's OMG. OMG. Yeah, there's OMG on Sixth Street across yeah. the street from there. There's Toulon, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Dottie's is there now, so things aren't that terrible. I mean, it moved from a different part of the Tenderloin. But right, right. Um, why are we scared of poor people? I don't. Not me. I'm not. I'm a poor right, person. No, I'm no, not scared. Yeah. But like we as like a maybe be, I don't know, because capitalism or something. And that's the worst. That's anti-capitalism is being poor. Because hmm. anyone who embraces capitalism obviously would become rich. Therefore. Well, maybe it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it's because they're in, uh, they're in like a survival mode mm. and we're kind of not. If you're doing, you know, middle middle class or maybe even like poverty line and above, you're you're do, you're not necessarily doing well, but you're not struggling on the level that they are. Sure. Uh, the homeless people, and they're in like a survival kind of mode. How would a group of homeless people do in the escape room? Would they do it okay? Like, oh man, so would they be would they be successful? Let's. I mean, are the people that you escape they, room they, are they successful? Like. 
I, it, I mean, is it hard to get out? Like, I had to explain to somebody what an escape room was the other day. My boyfriend was like, "Why don't? What is these escape? All the comedians they work at escape. What does that mean?" And I'm like, "What do you? What, okay." Well, I know why a lot of comedians <laughs> work at escape rooms is because the while a group is in there, there's. Not, I mean, you're watching them and you're paying attention, but you can write, you can, um. you can do a lot of like, you can get a lot of work done while. Sorry if my bosses are listening to this, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, you can get a lot of work done while they're figuring their shit out. Yeah, yeah, because you kind of know where they're at and stuff like that. You can figure uh, out how stupid they are when they walk in. You know oh, how yeah. long it's going to take them oh, to yeah. figure out tasks A, B, C. I mean, we have a we have a buzzer on our door. Um, like a like a call box, right. and if people can't even figure that out most, <laughs> most of the time. Is that to ask for like hints, like help me? That's like, and then you come out and go, hey, I can give you a hint. Uh, luckily, I don't have to go into the room for that. Like, I could just, uh, just like a mic like this, just press the button oh. and go, uh, hey, look over there. Um, but yeah, and then turn it off and be like, this. these people are dumb as hell. Because <laughs> yeah. we, we have a lot of people that are just all common sense kind of goes out the window when you get into a escape room. You think everything is like a puzzle. Uh. Um, but yeah, and then, um, yeah. Uh, but I, escape rooms were made so that white people could feel like they had to, they could pay to feel like they had to flee something something or like escape from something you know like it's no there it's it's good it's a good it's a good job for a comedian to have for sure but um, how are you are you realizing when you're watching people how stupid they are is this like affirming most, or disas- of, most of the time yeah most of the time because your faith in humanity is not being bolstered no no definitely not definitely not especially in the terms of doing simple math like there's there's simple math in some of the rooms where you have to do like PEMDAS and I've had to like teach PEMDAS to people like what like, does PEMDAS mean oh it's uh it's like the um the order of operations oh okay uh-huh. so yeah sure, yeah, yeah yeah if, so, if this then therefore that right right yeah and so I've had to just thing. like I've had to just teach that to like uh, like lecture that to people also um some people can't like read there's like a part where you have to be able to mark locations on a map and Mm. people are just completely lost on a map they're like which country is africa Um, (laughs) um, yeah and uh a lot of a a lot of stuff like that and uh there's also this part where you get like you get a key to the motorcycle and every time people will go to the back of it like it's this incredible thing where people go to the back of a vehicle to put the key in like this is it's not a pinto like the wow uh, it's yeah it's mind mind blowing um but yeah and then um a lot of people sometimes will think the lobby like our lobby is the escape room and i'm like (laughs) no you just literally just walked it like you walked it off the street. This there's other people in here. Like I, that, I get so confused. Yeah. Um, there's. I mean, there's stupid questions at every job. Um, but, but this yeah. is basically escape rooms came out of the idea of team building for stuff, right? Like that. Yeah, we get a lot of team building for these corporate uh, right. people and sure. that don't know how to talk to each other, and so they have to do something in order to be able to reference that in conversations the next week wow. um yeah there was back when i was working at Cobbs, they had this whole seminar on feedback and it was just basically 
the whole time they were talking about like compliment sandwich and you right, have right, to, right, yeah, right, and they don't know how to talk to each other. Like they all code so much they don't wow. they can't they can't relate or yeah. Yeah, they can't be a human being. Yeah, it's it's so it's odd. Does not compute get me an escape room. Are you you have to usually it's an hour I mean we can stop or when Oh no no no. I was just my, my phone lit up so oh. I glanced over it. Um, but yeah, you you've joined technology, but you're a young guy. You're under thirty. You've always had technology. There've been cell phones yeah. around since you were born. Yeah, for the for the most part, I have. Uh, I was born in '93, so I have like oh, okay. a slight slight knowledge of kind of analog times. But uh, that's yeah, that's about it. Um, which always frustrates me because I have a lot of I know a lot of people that were born after me that can still st- consider themselves like a 90s kid and it's like <laughs> your brain wasn't developed until 2000 at right. least yeah. Um, yeah and then I have my my one friend his first memory is 9-11 so that's wow. I, I dodged a bullet there wow yeah. if he thinks if he truly thinks back and meditates on it the first thing he remembers is the, the TV screen with the news wow that that's intense yeah what's the what's the first thing you remember oh the first thing um wow um my dad used to uh my dad's a landscaper and he was landscaping our house at the time and so he uh gave us like wheelbarrow rides with me and my brother around the backyard that's how old, probably how old were you probably like three or four. Oh, okay um and then uh and then my second memory is 9-11. No. Uh, which is, I don't, yeah. Um, or, my mo- or my most fond. No, that's messed up. Um, but yeah, the um, I never forget. Um, which is weird. That's his first memory and it's never forget. Never forget. Never forget. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, the it's yeah the um, memories are another thing. Memories are very strange because they change over time. Of and course then you they can, do. You yeah. can add stuff, and um, every time you revisit a memory, it changes because where you are in time and what you've experienced is different. And that probably happened to the the Bible a lot too. Like uh, David Cross has that joke that it's, the Bible is the biggest game of telephone ever <laughs> yeah. ever invented because uh, like the you know they re-edited it and these kings got it and they took out their favorite verses and yeah. um, and all this stuff and the New Testament is people trying to remember Jesus from years before decades before right, right. and all of this is unbelievable anyway because no one knew how to write the only people who knew how to write were the priests and the priests didn't write this shit other people did yeah, so how they were, did they and they were going were, blind because they were reading by candlelight yeah. which makes you go blind it was yeah. all like verbally passed down it was literally a game of telephone mm-hmm. and even when they were like the education was all in the priesthood that's crazy stuff um my first memory i have two first memories and i almost don't believe them because i was so young i have a actually I have a couple things that i remember from before i was two and a half mm-hmm. one of them i were being i remember being bathed in the sink so i remember that and i was very very little i remember the way my parents closets looked they were mirrored um, and they moved out of that house when I was two and a half. I remember my dad kneeling over the top of the toilet with a gun, shooting the mockingbirds in the backyard because they were loud and annoying and he hated those fuckers. <laughs> and he was trying to shoot them with a BB gun. There you go. I remember go. that. And I remember being little and being very upset, but he was like, and it, it had the fuzzy, the, the, the dumb fuzzy thing that you put on it. I don't know why people put toilet seat covers on, but the fuzzy toilet oh, yeah. seat cover. Yeah. And he was like leaning on the back of the toilet out the window. And I remember that very vividly. 
And so these like very strange memories from and we and there's no pictures in my parents like photo albums that are of those events. Mm-hmm. So they must I must have remembered them. But I mean, can you really remember things from before you were two? I guess I did. Right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And I, I get that weird thing after sets, too, where I have to sometimes ask like my friends that were in the crowd, like, did I do well? Like, I, I kind of just... It was in this kind of trance mode. Fugue state, and, yeah. And I can't, like, immediately, it's weird, like, immediately before I'm about to go on stage, I feel like I can't remember any of my jokes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone relates to that, like, any other comedians relate to that, but um, it used to freak me out, and now I know what's going to happen, so I don't worry about it. Yeah. But, like, I, I remember trying to go over my set and it's just like my memory is gone from it because I'm just focusing on the show or nervous for the show but then after I can't really remember exactly what I I said sometimes unless it was usually unless it was like improvised or something like that I can't remember what exactly happened during my set sometimes if I improvise I actually can remember it because I'm like I came up with a new joke and my brain will go zip 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 and I'll be able to say it again yeah I, I if I had a good set I'll rarely remember what I did because I'm so involved in the being present for the exactly that's for the event itself yeah that I'm not Outside, so sometimes when I have a bad set, it's actually me outside myself telling myself what to. I equate it to I used to act, I used to be a very poor actor because I was memorizing lines and they never truly became my own. So I was never really acting, I was behind myself helping myself remember what I was saying and what I was supposed to be doing when I was saying said things. Mm-hmm. So I was never completely present in the character and I never really understood acting in that way. And so because I was like, how am I? Because I was always behind myself telling myself what to do as an actor. And that means that you're not really acting. Right. Whereas in comedy, like, because it's my own script, I'm still remembering it. And I, I don't know. It's weird. But it's, I think it's a performance-based, like, the muse overtakes us, you know. And then it's just happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, memory is very important for. I have I have a weird thing where I remember other I, I remember other comedians' jokes oh, that too. I've hated oh. way more vividly than some of my own jokes that I was telling at the time. Um, sure. Like I remember jokes I heard when I first was going to brainwash that I just I, I'll remember for the I'll remember Jumbo Shrimp for the rest of my life. You ever heard, see Jumbo Shrimp? I don't think um, so. He was this like. Tell me a joke and I'll tell you if I remember it. Well, no, he didn't tell jokes. The oh. he the he the, his first two minutes of every set, he would bring up this boombox with him, and he would dance to the same techno song. He was at Brainwash a lot. I was at Brainwash a lot too. He, he was uh, he kind of looked like if you know Joey Diaz in a dryer. Like he kind of got <gasps> shrunk down. He had the slick back hair, and he would just end everything with and shit. He would just say like topical things and shit. Like you hear about this war in Iraq and shit. Oh wow, we're still in Afghanistan and shit. And uh, over and over, I'll, I'll, I remember that very, very clearly. Um, I remember uh, 
True Dan's, his opener was always, uh, um, I've been taking Ritalin before I go to sleep so I can focus on my dreams. Yeah. And it's just like, which is, which, which is okay, but I don't, I don't know why, but I just didn't. Just got in your head. Yeah, just got in my head. And there's like a thousand other ones. Oh, like no, that, I know. I, I couldn't remember anything I was saying back then. It but. found return to Ricky Star. That was one of them yeah, I remember yeah. over and over. I'm like, yeah. if you do the same set every time, we're going to accidentally memorize it. Stop. Stop it. Do new stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's why, like, and that's probably why comedians don't laugh because we've heard all the, the jokes before. If something has yeah. something new, I might laugh, but. Um, it's hard. Or sometimes I laugh because something is so uncomfortable or they say something so honest and they don't mean to. I'm the worst audience. You can't judge anything by my my opinion of what's funny and what's you were a good funny. audience for that berkeley show you were you were good <laughs> well, i think you're funny there's a lot oh, there to laugh go. That's at good. So that, that is good. That i've is seen good. uh and i felt terrible your whole family was so kind to show up i oh I, yeah well that i mean that was and it happened i talked to michaela uh Lassick, i think her last name mm-hmm. is and she was on one of the ones before and same thing she said that if um if she hadn't it was basically the people that she brought and then the people that uh, the other comedian brought as well. And it's like, well, what's what what do you what's the promoter doing at all at that point? Like, I, I, I don't oh, I like, don't understand like 30 bucks per ticket. And oh, then, so crazy. Y- yeah. But he, but he does a thing with the I don't want to say it on the air. Oh, okay. People yeah. get in trouble with the yeah. because here at Mutiny Radio, we learned that. When we went from like being before the ABC shut us down with that, we were like, alcohol is such a draw. And now mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we can't have that be. It's a it's a sticky line. Like, yeah, how yeah. where you can do things and how much you can charge and who's willing to pay it and for what reason. And mm-hmm. I don't have friends anymore. I can't make people like how do I get people to come to a comedy show? I mean, it burned all those bridges. I have friends that legitimately tell me they're like. You know, I just don't like comedy. And I'm like, come on, why don't you me? Yeah. But they get so nervous because they're afraid that, because they've gone to comedy shows in the past where comedians have attacked them. Oh. Because they look different or because of something. And they just were like, I don't want to, that doesn't, they're like, I'd rather not have my comedy interact with me. I'd rather just watch it on Netflix. Right. And that I'm makes like, sense. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's why people are always afraid to sit like up front. Um, yeah. And when I would see people at Cobbs, I would tell them, "Oh no, this comedian's not like that." And then sometimes the comedian would be like that. Yeah. And kind of roast them, and then like I'd, I'd be by the door once everyone's leaving, and they kind of give me a look like, "Oh, thanks. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thanks for throwing me I, under the bus. Yeah. I, I I brought a date here, and now I'm never gonna wear these like glasses and this shirt again or something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh. So you don't work at Cobbs anymore? No, 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 no. Because um, that was kind of conflict. It was, you know, Wednesday through Sunday working nights. I was kind of, that kind of got to me after a while. I wasn't, I was only able to do, you know, Monday, Tuesday mics and. Uh, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, well, but yeah. you used Cobbs what it was for, what it was for. You got, you got up at the I, right time. Yeah. Everybody saw you do well. You got to go up again. Now they, now they're, you're a go-to for them. That's amazing. So you used, instead of being like the kind of comedian that's like I'm gonna work at Cobbs and something will happen eventually something happened eventually and then you're like okay bye I'm gonna go I'm gonna go right, <laughs> so yes, appreciate yeah. it but that's great that means that that means that you are working towards an eventual goal and you don't want to get stuck I mean you don't want to like 
you didn't want to be in 20 years sitting at the door of cops being like, hey, yeah. I do right. open mics on Monday and Tuesday. Right, right, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You and used the connection for what it was for, and then yeah. you moved on. Yeah, and I mean, it's, and the, mainly it was that I was seeing, you know, my, the, it doesn't matter if they're better or worse than me. I was seeing my peers on stage, and that was repeatedly for the you know hella funny showcases and sure. uh, etc. All the way down the line, and not it wasn't even really the the openings and features and the headliners that would I would I enjoyed those for the most part, except for Jay Moore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because uh, he did 15 minutes on the weather. Um, oh man, yeah. Oh my god. Um, and I, but it's, his facial reconstruction isn't good enough. <laughs> Talk about Botox, you vain old fuck. Like, you're going to seriously talk about the weather? Yeah. How like, boring. talked about the fog for 10 of it. Yeah. yeah. Address yeah. address your bad Botox, honey. Come yeah. on. Yeah. So my favorite one was Gilbert did uh, Gilbert did 15 minutes, like a, a concise like Gilbert argument, if that's even possible. But yeah, he did 15 minutes on how midgets aren't people. <laughs> and he, st- he started out by saying, like, ridiculous stuff. But as he got through it, it started to become, like, concise points almost like if Gilbert can actually make those like it was like he started with ridiculous reasons and you know obvious jokes but then it went it went to like him actually being you know in a courtroom arguing like against the Supreme Court for it and yeah then he yeah we and that was that was when we started to count the people that were leaving wow like just to just to see because when you're a famous headliner who gives a you don't have to give a fuck Gilbert didn't care of course yeah you know he didn't care Um, and he also had way worse jokes than that in the set but that one you know he had he had jokes about you know yeah like you know pedophilia and Gilbert has all that stuff um and uh, but that that was the one that people were leaving over was the 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 midget stuff. And then we had this woman. They like to be called little people, Anthony Zaccaro. Right. I'm sorry. To, to all the... in PC San Francisco, you know. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm joking. No, I, I, know. I know. I also wanted to say your name again for people that are listening oh, that, so that yeah, they know, good. like, that they could find you at Anthony Zaccaro. At External on, Jew on Twitter. On t- oh, are you at External Jew on Twitter? That's very funny. Yeah. Um, on the Instagrams, doing the things. Yes. They can find you. Yes. And if anyone's in the uh, Sacramento area as well, on the 12th, come to Blacktop Comedy. Uh, shout out to Josh Means. He does a lot of good roasts. He came there. here for uh, Some Call Me Tim, and he was he was great. He was, he was, he was really a lovely interview. Good guy. Yeah. Hard out yeah. there in Sacktown. Yeah, yeah. Sacramento has a cool like. There's like 30 of them, but they're all very close, and they, um, they, yeah, they all, they all do a lot of shows over there, and um, yeah, and then they drive up to the to the uh, city. They come to, on in to the Gold Rush and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, all the way from uh, Sutter's Fort. But yeah, Sac- Sacramento is a cool, a cool place. I'm glad that there's a good comedy scene um, out there. Small but robust. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there kind of there kind of wasn't when I was not not like I would have gone, but when I was sixteen, seventeen, and looking into it, it was just um, it was basically just the Tommy T's that now moved to a different location since then. Sure. Um, but yeah, I remember doing. I remember doing twenty minutes to uh, people at a restaurant that didn't know I was going to be there. Uh, was that the one in West Sac? Yeah. Yeah, I've done that show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, it's in a cool room. It's just nobody knows like the exactly. back room to go there, and they're like, "What's going on back here?" Like, huh? yeah, it's just a bunch of sound of forks, forks clinking, and yeah, yeah and all that stuff. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, thanks to thanks to Josh Means for the spot, um, and uh, shout out to Jacob Blazer, who I'm roasting. I haven't haven't met him yet, I, but I've I, been writing yeah, horrible things about you for awesome. the past three days. That's uh, very funny. Yeah, yeah. Give us a little. Give us an example. Oh, okay. Well, he looks like um, um, to give people an idea of what he looks like. Um, yeah, he looks like if Walter White got higher than his own supply. So just yeah, think about think about that. So, or or just look up uh, or just look up Jacob Blazer online. Um, he, you know, he looks like an American History extra for real. Um, um, yeah, he 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 wears glasses. So I'm thinking about saying like, uh, you think you have uh, you're so racist. You think you have bad vision because your pupils don't work because they're black. <laughs> that's 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 why. You, uh, wow. Um, and then I just have like a oh, that's another thing. This thing that there's this thing that's becoming really helpful. Uh, it's called uh, twinning on pop sugar. It's like the celebrity that you look like the most. Oh. And so I've been just taking his like Facebook profile pictures, putting them in that, seeing what celebrities he looks like. And it just tells you all like. the information. Beauty of technology. Uh, and um, and so I came up with a, a, a but yeah, he looks like uh, if the edge was suicidal. <laughs> Um, like you these are, these the are just edge? alternates yeah yeah um uh, hot, hot topic manager billy corgan um, <laughs> billy joel fresh out the dryer um yeah uh, if you bleached gandhi uh bruce willis with aids yeah it just goes yeah that's great he seriously though he looks like the first pirate to go through chemo he, really, <laughs> like, he seriously does or, uh, so good. But that's the that's another thing that's really important. If if anyone is like listening to this, that's gonna roast. Uh, so for Josh Means, what he does, he he does five. You only get five jokes. Oh. And a lot of people will just say one kind of one joke, and then With they're five punchlines. Yeah, and then they're and then they're done. But what you can do is you can call them like a name, and that doesn't count as your joke. And then you can kind of do like a setup joke, and then the real one. Ah, um, yeah, and that's what I did for my last roast against Teddy Yang, this you know large Asian gentleman, very nice guy. It was very hard to roast him, like because he, he was so nice. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, it was great to meet him. But yeah, so I said like uh, I called him Margaret Chode, um, and see that's if I I could have just left it at that, but then I followed it up with I loved you in Tiananmen Square as the tank yeah so the you just have to that's how you, that's how it's done right yeah. Margaret Cho so you you yeah you address them yeah yeah right. but they address like you can the address is funny yeah and every word weighs a ton yeah, ah, yeah. especially in his case yes, yes. <laughs> um, and then he uh, yeah the the great the rest in peace to Greg Giraldo he did that a lot he would um, just have these like short phrases uh, before the actual roast joke it's a it's a double joke so it's like hey tank girl and then you see, yeah, I get it. Right, you right. Name them, and, so, and then um, you have a thingy. It's I'm like, going to call yeah. him David Crossburner. Ah, and, um, hey, David Crossburner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was trying to come up with like, uh, your last name's Blazer. What's your middle name, Cross? But I, I don't know if that would. That's kind of a reach. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so looking forward yeah. to that. Well, he looks like he needs a reach around, or he's looking right. for. He's looking for a reach. He does around. look like the first openly gay neo-Nazi for sure, <laughs> like the first one they've allowed. Yeah, um, the reach around. He invented the reach around. Nazi <laughs> Germany, perfect. Yeah, so yeah. you don't have to look him in the eye. Right. <laughs> Yay! Uh, so that's upcoming shows. We've told you where people can find you. Mm -hmm. uh, any other like. 
Well, you're part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. I'm excited yes, about that. Yes, very excited. Yay! Very excited about that. I'm thinking uh, if I can um, confirm with one of my friends, we might uh, take one of those podcasts. Awesome. Yes. Well, perfect. If they're get still to open. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to get to me soon because I'm making up. This is the week where I'm putting together all of my. I'm putting all the PRs together. Oh, okay. That my guy is like working furiously on the front on the logo stuff. Um, I'm waiting for an image, and then we're gonna like it's gonna be really cool because everyone supporting us this year is like friends of mine. But they're like so it's subliminal SF and counter offer and Benders and they're all so and Benders does metal shows. So this year I told him I was like okay the graphic I want it to look like like a zombie comic like with a drippy face and like, like oh okay nice I want it to look like a metal poster. So that's gonna be like the image is like something that looks super metal fuck yeah and right then, okay. and then so we'll see and i think it might be like an orange palette or something but mm-hmm. it's all coming out soon like all that promo stuff and it's just i have to be very calm and be like once i get the images everything will be fine i'm gonna write the pierce but yeah get to me like within the next couple of days of that time and then it'll get on the schedule i mean obviously it'll be on the schedule anyway but it'd get in the some of the I'm writing the PRs right now. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> it's my point. Like the right, like when we're done with the interview, then I, I sit down and write some PRs. But um, yeah, for the, it's just like, it's going to be great this year. I think it's going to be the biggest year yet, and hopefully, I get some like really great press, which would be like, would be great. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it's so hard in San Francisco to, to like. You have to. It's like you have to pay to play. If you want people to know that you exist, you have to pay them on the internet, and it mm-hmm. sucks because I don't have any money. But like successful shows, they—that's how they do it. They promote in the right places. They pay for promotion, and then they get at the top of lists. And when people look up, you know, comedy shows, they see right, cheaper right. than therapy and hella funny. Like because yeah, you, because you yeah. because obviously it's punchline and cobs, and then. And then, then cheaper than therapy always shows up, and it's like it's not a wonder why it happens because they pay for it. So yeah, yeah, that's one of those things I have to work my way around is cap success, not using capitalism. Right, it's hard. It's hard to do. Yeah, I wish everybody took pot treats as payment. It would just make my life so much easier. That would be that would be nice. Smooth sailing. Uh, So, but you come from Sacramento, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you uh, came here. How long ago did you move here? About seven, eight years ago. Yeah, so you're uh, no, you're from here now. Yeah, yeah. I lived here, lived here long enough for sure to yeah. know my way, know my way around. Um, and I also love the the fact that I can make like local jokes, as we were talking about earlier about the tenderloin and stuff like that. That's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, yeah, I love San Francisco. Uh, gonna be here for probably a little bit longer. Um, and then making the move to LA or New York. That, uh, that's the, that's the decision for all of us. Um, um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see at you that point. You seem more like but. a New York kind of person than in LA. Yeah, yeah, I like uh, I like the idea of both. I I, I feel like uh, I sweat very easily, so I'd have to I go to I'd go to New York would be, would be nice. Well, it's like it gets hot there too, but yeah, uh, it's not all year round. Right. Um, but yeah, the oh there I go talking about weather. Damn yeah, it. Fuck, it. fuck you, Jay Moore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the that that was also weird. After his show, he just was d- disappeared oh. as well. Like no, like yeah, that was that mm. was strange. But anyway, um. Yeah, thanks. Th- thanks for this. I don't know. If yeah, you wanna, no, this uh, is great. Go see Anthony in Sacramento at the 
black star gold star uh, black top comedy. Black top if you want to comedy. see a, a Jew roast a Nazi, that's for a change. There we go. The not a Jew. Remember his Twitter. Oh right, yeah, just externally. Just externally. Yeah, that's all right. So funny. Um, this has been great. I'm glad, I'm glad I've gotten. I was excited about today. I'm like, oh, I get to go. I get to know Anthony Zagaro a little better. Me too. How fun. Me this too. is I was really great. Too. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, uh, everybody, check out him and all of his Facebooks and comedy shows and. And tell people about him, and, and and come to Pam Benjamin's shows. Yeah, come to Mutiny Radio. Support Mutiny Radio. Somebody come to these shows. They will eventually because I have a new scheme. I'm gonna get a bunch of comedians together. I'm gonna bribe them with pot food, weed, smokable weed, and and pizza when they're done. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna send them out once the flyers are made for the festival. I'm gonna send them out to this neighborhood because people live here. And we're going to say, hey, did you know there's a comedy festival and there's a comedy thing right around the corner? You can just walk up. What? It's great. Yeah. And then it'll be like a person to person kind of like introduction because technology just doesn't work for me. Right. So I need to be like, what does work for me? Person to person contact. And if everyone goes out and like, if every, if every comic went to 10 houses, (laughs) Maybe we don't. None of us have to have friends anymore. We right, can just right. have the neighborhood because mm. they don't even know the place exists. Yeah, people yeah. have lived here around the corner for years, and they're like, "I always wondered what that was." <laughs> <laughs> the sign outside doesn't help. So, yeah, uh, this has been some call me Tim, where we talk about God and stuff. Next week, no idea who's on, but somebody uh, come to happy hour. Come to Pampatastics. And we'll see you guys next week. Everything Mutiny Radio. Anthony Zaccaro. Yay! Thanks, everybody.
crashed in the air You keep talking while I sit and glare Just can't understand how it disappeared So primitive 
sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm from there you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures they've got live comedy to small business advice lgbtq friendly to sports vinyl to gutter punk MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. 
Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Yeah. Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips, don't. <laughs> 
don't know anything about it. Sorry. <laughs> All so, on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from twelve to two. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh yeah, and Google Play and Stitcher, iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media. M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter. Podcast. MOV Podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even going to be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Mutiny Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics 